Good morning, church leaders. Alan here with Trent on the Enduring Churches podcast. We are so glad to be with you today. You know, have you ever thought about what goes on during the week in the life of your church? What you're teaching them during the course of the week? That's a really good question because so, so often of the times we think about our role as just being what we do on Sunday and not what we're teaching about Uh, teaching others about during the rest of the week. So we're going to talk about that today, Trent. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about our conversation today? Yeah, Alan, I'm excited to talk about this because this is something that I've been learning and and really thinking a lot about is that, you know, as, as pastors or as church leaders, we put a ton of time and effort into study and preparing for sermons and Bible studies, um, but I'm learning that people really honestly learn more from the things that they see us do and the conversations they have outside of worship time than they actually do during that worship time. And so this is kind of changing my whole um, thought process on this. Yeah, we're not going to give people a, a, a way out. So if you're a pastor, you still have to do sermon preparation. Sorry about that. But <laughs> yeah, but think yeah. of it more like think of it more like this. Um, we're going to have a conversation today, and it's like me. I've been trying to do less running and more swimming, but I'm not I'm not a great swimmer. So I've been having to learn a lot, and so you know I'm trying to make my strokes smoother and trying to do things better. And you know, the other day there was someone in the pool, and you know they they like jump in and they swim a mile in like 20 minutes and they jump out and they, they've got their workout in and you know i'm i'm sloshing along in there and so you know i find myself just kind of watching what are the, what are they doing and trying to mimic more of what someone who's better at it than mm-hmm. me is doing and i think that's what people are doing a lot of the times they're they're watching you to see how they can improve their spiritual life based on what they see in you Mm-hmm. And it, honestly, Alan, it's a little bit scary to think this way because uh, if that's true, then people are watching us more than we realize. Um, they're taking in our um, swim strokes, as you said, you know, kind of alluded to, or or the way that we do life, and and so I, and I think that's the way that Jesus did discipleship. That's you know, he he invited those guys. He the first part of of the call was to come follow me. Um, you know, he talked to Peter. He said, you know, hey, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. And so the the people that are in our churches, honestly, they're they're wanting to learn and they're they're wanting to come and, and follow us. But we sometimes we don't feel like we've got it all together, right? You know, and we want to put on a great face during Sunday mornings. But then the rest of the time, it's like, oh, nobody's nobody cares what I do the rest of the time. But that's not true. Yeah, people people keep their eyes on us, so you know they they are looking to us. So you know, there's probably the three overarching areas that we want to think about when we're thinking about that. The first one is just how we pursue life mm-hmm. in general. You know, so they're going to watch watch our life to see how we kind of navigate through uh, the ebbs and flows of of life. And you know, life is filled with ebbs and flows, isn't it? Oh yeah, we were just talking about we have different seasons in our lives. Some that are crazy, absolutely nuts, 
and others that are less so. Um, and so how do we handle those things when it seems like there's so many things that are piled on us that are out of our control? Um, how do we deal with that? Do we reflect Jesus in those times or do we not? Um, and that's going to teach our folks a lot about how do we just handle and navigate life in general. Maybe the, the next area um, I think is really important and people are, because they've had so many bad examples of this, they're looking for a good example. And that is how do we, they're, they're watching our marriage and they're watching how we treat our spouse and how our marriage functions. And, and they're learning from that, just from the way that we treat each other outside of Sunday mornings. Yeah, our marriages are a big deal. People are looking for guidance in marriage. You know, um, the church that we're members of, Trent, we have been part of a um, mentoring group. And we've been talking with couples about a marriage and family stuff. I cannot believe how many couples have just been dying to be a part of this mentoring group and so it's a mm. it's a large number of people who have questions and really what we're trying to do is life on life type stuff you know mm. this is this yeah. is just real life stuff real life conversations you know what are you doing you know how's that how's that working just having those conversations and what i've noticed is that people do pay attention you know they're looking they're looking to see how i treat my wife and they're not looking just in that meeting you know they're looking mm -hmm. to see see that in, in other places as well and so i think that this is a bigger one than we think you know and we know that marriage is hard in ministry it, it can just mm -hmm. be hard and so you know you you may think that you can show everyone the kind of the ideal marriage uh, but you won't fool anyone very long because mm -hmm. um the, it, they know the truth and sometimes sometimes i think it's fair for us to say in ministry you know my marriage needs help too and I think people oh, yeah. go, you really? Yeah. Oh, man, I thought <laughs> yeah. I was the only. I thought I was the only one. You know. And I think yeah. I think it's a, a relief to people when they see us be honest and they mm -hmm. actually can observe that we're we're not trying to put on airs there. Yeah, uh, I th and I think sometimes if we try to make it a perfect example or to say that hey, we've got everything figured out, then that really is discouraging to the people that are watching us because they're like, there's no way I could do that. But when we're realistic and, as you said, honest, then I feel like that's more encouraging. This like, hey, okay, yeah, they're, they're struggling with this too. Um, there's hope for me because I really look up to their marriage, but I realize that they're still working on this too. And I, I think that's really important. Um, you know, and we, we use the picture of the fishbowl, you know, that pastors and, and church leaders that live in a fishbowl. Um, and I, I feel like that's true. And so that's harder, you know, because it, you are being watched and, and a lot of people recognize that. So, yeah, and I think we come back, you know, there's always this kind of ebb and flow of this because we, you and I were in seminary in a time when we, we were taught be an expert in the field. You're an expert on mm -hmm. marriage. You're, you're an expert on discipleship. You're an expert on prayer. You're an expert you know, in, in theology. And, you know, fortunately, we're not out there trying to say you're an expert in everything. I think you're, mm -hmm. we are fellow soldiers who are leading the soldier, right? right? You know, and I think that's something that's, that's important um, for us. And especially with this third area, and that's, that's with our kids. 
you know, if you if you have kids, you know, uh, there's always this desire, you know, to to try to make it look better than maybe it is. But man, raising kids is hard. And, you know, I remember trying to be the expert about about kids when I didn't even have kids, which was just <laughs> dumb. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember the first time I ever preached on, on parenting and I'm like, this doesn't seem right. Like the, something about it bothered me because I didn't have yeah. kids yet. You know, all I sure. could talk about was being parented. And, mm. you know, you're, it's, it is remarkable how your perspective changes <laughs> when you become mm. a parent, you know. So I think it, it's really um, one of those things where, you know, people need to know that you struggle to. With, with mm -hmm. you know being being a parent because it is it is not easy and i don't know if there's such a thing really as an expert in the field on parenting I, I, that includes dr dobson i don't think yeah. there's a true expert in the field mm -hmm. yeah and dr dobson would have was one of the first to say that parenting is not for the weak of heart you know it's it's going to hurt your heart uh, and it's going to be hard. You know, it's going to be a struggle. Everybody recognizes that once you have kids, <laughs> you, you realize that, hey, we're even now our kids are grown and married. We still, you know, we struggle with that parenting and what's our, our role has changed, but we're still the parent. You know, it, it's a struggle continually. But, you know, as, as we think about this, and, and there's a couple of other areas I want to bring up in a minute, but, you know, both Paul talked to both Timothy and Titus and, and talked to them about setting an example. And, and that wasn't, and he talks about in, in their character, in their life, not just in their sermons. And I think this is where we have to think about and just be aware that, that we have an opportunity, not a, not a scary thing, but an opportunity to teach and and just like Jesus did invite those guys to follow him it was and the the picture is to be covered in the dust of the rabbi and and so that is to walk so closely that you experience life on life and you know invite those those folks along with you in your journey and be sometimes brutally honest uh, about that you know, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. I think pastors and church leaders do a disservice by trying to hide all that. We, we feel like somebody's going to use that against us, right, Alan? And it's like, but that may not be the, the case. It's just that we're afraid to let people that close to us. And so I, I think this is an area we have to set some examples. Yeah, I think people need to see the example of, of you know, of imperfection and overcoming mm -hmm. that imperfection we are we are all sinners and if we remember that we all sin we all fall short that's not mm -hmm. in just one area of life that's in every area of life we all fall short and i think when we try to pretend like that's not true for us anymore we're actually setting setting trying to set a false example of something that we cannot maintain and, and it's not that it's not that they should see necessarily every imperfection but they should see us growing through our own imperfections mm -hmm. and i think that's that's what we're talking about it's not so much about bragging about where you fall short you know it's mm -hmm. about taking the opportunity to say i have failed in these areas or i'm struggling in these areas or this area hurts me more than it should hurt me 
but mm -hmm. here's how I'm growing through that. Yeah, and, and one of those areas I think that we can invite people to join us because there are a lot of people in our churches that have struggled in the same area, and that is the parenting part. Uh, because there are places and times when your kids are going to break your heart. You know, I've talked to so many pastors and so many church members that they did, gosh, that from the outside at least, it looks like they did so well parenting their kids through the growing up years. But they have those kids have left the faith, you know, and 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 it just breaks those parents' hearts. And and so when when kids and they're going to do stupid things. I did stupid things when I was a kid. Um, but you know, inviting those other people, especially in your church that have experienced that same thing, they can teach you as well as you're setting an example for them. So you know, this is. This doing life on life, I think this makes church, it makes the word come alive and it makes it more meaningful when Sundays match up with the rest of the week. Yeah, I think that's what we're talking about for people who are really trying to wrap their mind. Well, I know my life is an example and all this. We're, we're talking about going beyond that. We're talking about using your life as, a, as an opportunity to teach others about discipleship by recognizing that people are watching you, but also by speaking authentically about what's going on um, in your life. If we were talking about uh, sermons today and illustrating sermons, the, the most powerful illustrations you're going to use are those that have happened in your own life. Mm -hmm. Because people relate to you, they know you as their pastor and they relate to you, and those tend to be the most powerful illustrations that you'll ever use because people understand that. And that's, that, that's you using your, your Sunday message to talk about those things that have happened during the week. But this is an important thing for us to think about constantly, that people do have their eye on us. Now, in, in the scripture, it talks about making sure that you lead a quiet life. Trent, what, mm -hmm. what do you think it really means when this example that we're supposed to set is to live a quiet life? Well, and it's weird. It, it puts two words together or two phrases together that are kind of juxtaposed. They, it says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, which ambition seems to be the opposite of a quiet life, right? When you think of ambition, you think, oh, and I'm climbing the ladder, I'm moving up. But it, it's, it's make it your, your life plan to, to lead a, a life that is um, respectable honorable, um, that people can trust, and is not stirring the pot, is not causing trouble, not causing issues in the community. Um, that's kind of what I picture when I think of a quiet life. When I think about the quiet life, Trent, one of the things I wake up almost every day and pray, you know, us coming from a Baptist background, my prayer is, Lord, I don't want to be an angry Baptist. Please protect mm -hmm. me from becoming an angry Baptist. I see a lot of angry people um, mm -hmm. in, our, in our churches. I see some angry pastors, and that is just such a terrible place for us to lead, to lead our churches from because I think it flies in the face of what Paul is talking about here. You know, Paul is writing to, to churches who are under persecution, who are, who are facing hard times. You know, it seems like the whole world is against them. And his response is to, to lead a quiet life in that, you know, not to get out on Twitter 
and demand all your rights, not to do all these other things, but to to lead a quiet life. And I think we need more of that. I think we need a little more quiet and a, and a little less loud um, today. Yeah. But that's an example. So if you if you if that you set an angry example, your church is going to become an angry church. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I certainly don't don't think we need any more angry churches churches around. Well, and whatever whatever example we set will be taken beyond the church um, because it will affect families. It will affect communities. We don't often think that way, but because sometimes, like when we have invitation times or response times, people don't move or do anything, but they are taking that in and they're taking it out to the community and, and living it out in front of other people. We talked a little bit, you know, about these three major areas, life in general, your marriage and your parenting. But I, I want to take it a little bit deeper, Alan. I want, I want to move to um, asking some questions, getting folks to think about what are we teaching? You know, we talked about our family. You know, that's, that's a big deal. How are we, what lessons are we teaching when they see our family? Are they teaching? Are we teaching folks how to treat your spouse, your spouse with respect? Um, how to um, not exasperate your children, as Scripture says. Are we teaching those things? But let's move a little bit deeper in this because this one I'm struggling with, and I have to learn some boundaries in this. But but what are you teaching your people about Sabbath and rest? This is a struggle. So I'm feeling conviction just by the words on the page here, Trent. So uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you've been talking about this. So why don't you share with us a little bit about what you've been learning in this area? Because I think it's a word we we all need to hear. Because you know we get tired in ministry. And of course, your church is tired too. Don't don't think that you're the only one. You've got people in your church who. You know, they're working four eight hours a week and then going to 12 ball games a week and a band concert, mm-hmm. choir concert, and then uh, taking care of parents. And, you know, life gets crazy for people. So mm-hmm. this is obviously a big deal. So what is it that you've been learning that you think would be beneficial for all of us to hear? Well, you know, and it, I've learned this lesson, it seems like, multiple times, Alan, I, yeah, I feel like I get it down and then something changes in my life and I have to learn the lesson again. And I know I've said this in, in lots of our episodes, but I, there were times in my life, so many years, that I taught my folks horrible lessons on how to live their life because I never used all my vacation. I never took time away. And so I, I taught, you know, terrible lessons to my congregation about that and about Sabbath rest. Um, and so this is this is an area where recently my wife Dana and I, we've had to rethink through this because we, we're loving this new ministry that God has given. But we look back over the last year and we realize, hey, we haven't taken hardly any time off, no Sabbath rest to speak of. And so we we began to meet with some with some folks from Standing Stones Ministry. Um, Dave and Sandy, who just kind of helped us think through this. And, and, and they ask us these questions, you know, what are we teaching our people about Sabbath rest? And so because of that, we've had to rethink, you know, and, and the question that we're dealing with right now is, 
why do we want to do well? Why is it that we want to do well? And what does doing well look like? Um, is it that leading a quiet life or is it, you know, I, I've got to move to the next big thing. I've got to constantly be going. I can't let any of the plates quit spinning in the air. Um, and, and we begin to realize that that is not the life that Jesus talked about in scripture. Because he talks about a life that take my yoke on, upon you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you talk to most pastors, that is not the way they would describe their ministry. That is not the way they, they would describe their lives. And so, um, you know, for us, implementing and protecting a Sabbath time and pastors, that is not Sunday. Um, that is not your Sunday because I don't know about you, but I'm I'm in usually two, if not three different churches on the given Sunday. Um, and so Sundays are not a Sabbath day for me. And so we've had to protect Saturdays and and uh, say, hey, this is going to be our life. And, and here's another thing, Alan. I know I'm talking too much, but um, Sabbath is not the same as a day off. It can't be. Uh, and so you, we have to be able to protect the time of, of just letting ourselves relax because of most people on their day off, they're working um, projects around the house and just going, going 100 miles an hour. So it can't be the same. I've got some weeding I need to do today, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I know that's not, I know that's not Sabbath rest. Uh, especially no. this humidity. So, uh, yeah, Trent, th those are good words. I think we need to be reminded reminded of that. All of us do. You know, we we learn that lesson. We do well at points in time. And and Sabbath does look a little different for everybody, right? So that's one of the sure. things too that you're talking about. It's not just having a day off. It's really having what what re-energizes us. What helps us um, find our rest in Christ in that way. Mm -hmm. And then you know, so we talk about those type of issues but there's also some other issues trent that we might miss sometimes and people are looking for us especially today probably more so than ever before there's the issue of emotional health and i think people are looking for us you know to to see is it okay for me to say that emotionally i'm i'm not okay i need help mm -hmm. in this area so whether it's um us getting some counseling we need or but talking openly and honestly about our emotional struggles i think that those are, those are important topics that we need to consider because we are teaching people lessons um as we go along yeah and you know i think these tie in together about taking time away taking sabbath taking rest taking days off taking your vacation time those do relate to and affect your emotional health and we live in a society that is so fast paced and it seems like there's no time to stop. And the crazy thing is that's what the word Sabbath literally means is to stop. And, and, you know, because of our phones always in our hands, the average person picks up their phone or touches their phone over 2000 times a day. And that is nuts. I mean, we're constantly connected and God calls us to come away. And, and to be, you know, take some time with him. And have you seen the thing on how many germs are on your phone? Like, it's like a germ, <laughs> germ factory. So I don't even want to know. That 
because now we wear them on our wrists too so yeah, it's always we are we are always connected these days yeah. you know and i think uh, when we talk about mental health i think that other areas what are we teaching them about peace mm -hmm. and you know that's a that's an important lesson in in our world where we're working with churches we see a lot of churches where there's a lack of peace for different reasons conflict mm -hmm. um, upheaval and all those types of things but i think we're talking about something that goes deeper and that's that satisfaction in knowing that that our lives are in god's hands and that that's the peace that passes understanding and that i'm i'm okay mm -hmm. no matter what happens i'm okay because my life is in his hands and that's mm -hmm. something that really only the believing world has so this is an yeah. important topic too for us to demonstrate if we if we show a lack of peace in our lives you know our church isn't going to have that peace either mm -hmm. well and that when we're teaching about peace we're really teaching about who's who's going to be your god is it going to be other people or is it truly going to be god because god wants us to have that peace the holy spirit one of the fruits of the spirit is love joy peace uh, and so Peace is going to be a big part of our lives if we are truly worshiping God. But if we're worshiping other people, because I'm a people pleaser, I'm just going to tell you. And so I struggle with, I'm always wanting everybody to be happy and to like me and all those things. But you can't have peace if that's your God. Yes. And that's a hard lesson, isn't it? It is. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes peace Sometimes peace is knowing knowing that you may ruffle the earthly feathers to keep your peace with God too. I mean that can be that can be a struggle for us to get to, but we do want to be able to put our heads on our pillows at the end of every day and say say that I have lived a life that brings honor to Christ. I have mm -hmm. done what He's asked me to do, and I have led my example today. And that yeah. shouldn't just be Sunday; that should be every single day of the week yeah well and so just to kind of tie this together the point of today's conversation was really to get you to think about um that you are teaching your folks more than you realize at those times outside of a sunday sermon and so to um think about you know as you live your life is it so filled with hurry so filled with things that you are not teaching your people well about worshiping god are you not teaching your folks well about dealing with your family or enjoying peace? Uh, I would, I want to suggest a resource. Uh, my wife and I, Dana, we've gone through the uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry uh, book um, uh, by John Mark, Mark Comer. Uh, super good book. I would encourage everyone to go through that and, and just to think about your life and are you, is God just as he asks us to give a tithe of our money as a as a worship thing, are we giving back a Sabbath as a time to be with him? And, um, and you know, a rest time. So that's kind of what we've been talking about today, Alan. Well, it's a great conversation, Trent. Thanks for putting this note together today. It was a good conversation. And if you got something from today's conversation, remember to implement that. Um, reach out to us. Let us know um, how how it's benefited you, and do us a favor. Um, whatever, wherever you listen to this, if you would share that with someone else, let them know about the Enduring Churches podcast. 
We are here to help you and your church endure, and we want to see as many churches and leaders as we can thrive in their seasons of ministry. So thanks for taking today to listen to us, and uh, we look forward to being back with you next week.